Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Under the Believe Podcast Network, baby, it is indeed a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page as a family. Today for episode 97, we'll be discussing the film Get Out, directed by Jordan Peele. If you've been listening, we've been covering three weeks of Jordan Peele, starting with Nope, then we went to Us, and now finally Get Out. Uh, okay, yep. Before we get started with the show, we just always want to thank those patrons out there who are just supporting the Wallen family just because we're doing our absolute best to, you know, be new parents and bring you fresh content. So we really appreciate patrons. Here are some that I'd really like to shout out. We got Jaritza, Emily, Jada Watson, Courtney Roberts, Mary Chase Mize, Gemini Little, Lauren, Michelle Haddock, Chase, and Mariah Dunstan. I'm going to be shouting those patrons out every single week, so if you have not yet heard your name, don't worry. It's coming, baby. It's coming. Before we get started, now before we get started, oh, oh. Oh, shit. Sorry. Last thing. If you are looking to be a patron, you can find the link to the Patreon in the episode notes. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it should be, you know, in that little description section. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you should be able to find those notes. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Now, Ben, how you doing, baby? I'm doing fantastic. I'm liking these braids that you have. Looking great. Changing your hairstyle as much as you change your mood. (laughs) She's a versatile queen. You know, the other day I I put on so much makeup for that wedding that we went to and I had a new wig that my face ID was like, bitch, who is this? Oh, your face ID. It would not lock me in. It was like, there's no way this is the same chick. More paint than uh, Mona Lisa. Uh You are such a dad. I'm going to let the dad jokes go, even though you've been doing these corny jokes since the beginning of time. Speaking of dad, we have an advanced child, apparently, from some stranger who works with children on the Internet, sent Amber a message and said, "Uh, based on what I've seen from Wild, she looks pretty advanced. So that really made Amber her day. Amber's easily fooled. So that made Amber her day. I yeah, I. What we hear from tons of strangers on the internet, and some of them are doctors and nurses, it's, it's, it's not that big of a thing. So if someone sends me a positive message about my child's advancement, I am inclined to just believe them. She can grip onto things now, and she can move her head. We do our tummy time. so I, And she doesn't get a lot of screen time. So we've been reading to the doll. You know, we're, we're lucky enough to be able to work from home. So I, if someone says she's thriving, I'm inclined to believe them. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I wish you believed me as much as you believed strangers on the internet because oftentimes Amber doesn't believe me on things. And uh, Well, because you literally for, lie to me. I, Not on purpose. You'll say like, I'll be like, wow. hey, did you get that thing done? You're like, yep, no yep. problem. Got it done. And well, then I look where I I'm don't like, see, you didn't get it done. I don't see time in a linear fashion. Like I a see linear? T- linear fashion okay so for example i see time of everything happening all at once sort of like the aliens and arrival spoiler alert that's sort of big plot of the movie big twist so so when i say i've gotten something done i mean (laughs) that i've gotten it done in in the the future future. in the future (laughs) well you can see how that would shake my trust just a little bit okay uh but you've been getting shit done so i'm not i'm not gonna talk shit about you at the beginning of this episode because we got some really excited things coming up this week and guess what we've been getting along yeah i'm gonna tell this therapist like hey can we make it 30 minutes tomorrow because we we actually love each other yeah uh uh, talking about things coming up uh you planned a trip for us but you didn't plan it well 
Okay, first of all, um, as we announced last week, we are moving to L.A. We will be visiting L.A. very soon, like on Thursday of this week. And in this week a, being in August. August 11th, yes. Here's the thing of I 2022, thought. in case people are listening to this 100 years in the 100 future. 100 years in the future. Yes, I have to do a better job of that. Because um, in my brain, I'm a narcissist, so obviously to, I think people are just watching the content as no, we make it, yeah. but I, Podcast, I understand that. Podcasting, you have to sort of intentionally use your language to Oh, you're be, a podcast expert now. Yeah, we, I am. We've yeah. ran a podcast almost two years, and you're an, you're an expert Well, now. I've listened to about maybe five years worth of podcasts from Yeah, but you creators. listen to like the same kind of podcast. I do, yeah. Like, I diversify my palate. But anyway, I Not thought it would really. be a good idea for us to go visit L.A. before we you know, just pack up our whole life and move there. So I was booking the flights. Now I am notoriously bad at booking flights. It literally in the past, I gave Ben like my last name on a flight. So he gets there and they were like, this is before we were married. My maiden name is Thomas. So they were like, Ben Thomas. I'm like, I don't have that ID. That person does not exist. Well, that person probably does exist, but he's not me. And then one time, like uh, we were in Georgia and we were, the, the airport is about an hour and a half from my parents' home. I realized like 30 minutes up the road, I forgot my bag. So, yeah. well, I thought my chivalrous husband packed my bag and mm-hmm. he didn't. He only packed his bag. So that's kind of a knock on you. But so I'm notoriously bad at doing all things flights. So who would you even trust me, me to book your bag to like pack your bag or grab your bag? You wouldn't even trust me. To if do I that. put the bag at the door, I mean, come on, I'll tip you. Anyway, so I booked this flight. So obviously, this is my very first time traveling with a newborn child because Wadisha is three months old. So I said to myself, okay, I don't want to be that asshole that sits on a three-person row with a, a, a little baby. So, oh my gosh, there are two seats available right here. Let me get those two seats so then, you know, Wild can sit on my lap and Ben can sit right here. It'll be fabulous. So lo and behold, those two seats are available because they were emergency exit seats. And you're not allowed to sit with an infant in an emergency exit. These are things I did not know. This is my first time flying with the doll. And of course, Ben is making me feel bad about it. You know, saying like, what, what's wrong with you? Not calling me names, but just doing the whole dad like, what are we going to do now? It's like, we're going to call Delta and fix it. Like, relax, my guy. Okay, first of all, you make me sound like a complete asshole in this situation well i heard that you booked it i'm like why would you, they're not gonna let you yep. help someone in an exit row amber like you can't well, be I helping you a could person. sit on the outer and i could sit on the inner like both of us need to be able to open this hatch yes and assist why? people because because that's the i guess how they mathematically determined that this is the best way for people you to survive what? Okay, I'm just going to say that. I think nobody riding the flight should sit in emergency exits. That should only be the crew. Like, in what, like, can't that just happen? Well, no, because then you can't sell as many plane tickets. Right. Right. It's it's capitalism's fault. It's not mine, but I'm just like, it, like, you're trusting people who are just in a hurry to visit their loved ones and get from one place to another to save all of us in a in a high-stress situation. That's just not going to happen. Maybe it has happened. I don't know. I, I need to Google, like, flights that have gone down and, and that were saved by passengers on board. But I know if if we did go down, I would just do the sort whole... Sort of outside of the realm of what this podcast covers, but... It's yeah. sci-fi. What, what part of the, what I'm saying isn't sci-fi? I just well, wrote it, a fanfic in my head about somebody. Well, that science fiction means that it has to, it's potential to happen 
um, is in the future, like perhaps we don't have the technology just yet to do that. So that we I have airplanes. Fiction. I think it's fiction, it's fiction if they think that I'm going to be the person that saves the whole plane. By no, that's that fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> is fantasy it fantasy fiction. fiction yeah it is yeah yeah so it's you're kind of not that clever uh anyway would you like to so yes we are getting prepared to move across across the country we're getting prepared to bite each other's heads off but in all seriousness i really do love and trust ben and he always takes care of us on on big family trips you know he, he's man me man me take care of wife that's been during trips I would never, I never would have that kind of mentality. I tend to be very organized and planned and I look through all the steps and you, uh, yes, I do in planning. Oh, like, kind of like you like, booked our Airbnb that doesn't have a washer dryer. Yeah. That, that like was that was mistake. good planning, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no wonder why it's a little bit cheaper. Okay. I love you. are like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So we don't love each other, but other people love us. And that's great, right, Ben? Yeah, you like that's that segue great. there? We will always read your podcast reviews on the show. Ben, would yep. you like to read the first one? We got some really good ones today. Yeah. Favorite TikTok couple heart. Y'all got to love Amber and Ben. They are the perfect combination. They balance each other out. I heard about their podcast on their TikTok videos and wanted to join in definitely what I expected. I love them on their videos now. I love them even more on their podcast. BTW, they have a beautiful daughter named Wild. So adorable. Cute face, heart. Thank you, Paige McKilla via Apple Podcast, United States of America, 0723-2022. You don't have to read the date. Oh. Uh, do, do you know what BTW means, Ben? Because you said it. So I was like, what? But tit wet. But tit wet. All right. You know what? If that's what you think it means, let's just. No, I know it means, it by the way, I'm not a complete idiot. I know, how to, to, idiot. I know how to book it's a just... flight for an infant. And I know how to book an Airbnb with washer dryer. All right, here we go. Top, top tier couple with a top tier podcast. Y'all really think highly of us, so I appreciate that. Are, are we a top tier couple? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no comment. I was introduced to Amber and Ben on social media a long while ago and have been entertained by their banter and awesome relationship and most recently, their perfect new baby. The podcast is hilarious, relatable, though conscious, thought-provoking. Thorough, thorough, thorough. Oh, sorry. Thorough. Thorough, <laughs> the irony. Thorough, conscious, thought-provoking, and entertaining. I'm not into sci-fi, but I am into spotlighting black, yes, queer, yes, art, creativity. I'm hoping... I'm hopping around I've listening been, to. I've been. This hopping. is me uh, shooting a bird a bit. I'm hopping around listening to random episodes on my drive to and from work, and mainly while cleaning the house. Yes, their most recent episode mentioned Eve's Bayou episode forty two, so I had to go find it because that movie was my favorite was a favorite of mine. Anyway, I'm done rambling, but y'all, this is the best podcast. That's from Conversations with Candace. Thank you, Candace, or yep. Conversations, whatever, whatever you go by. Candace actually said it's one of the best podcasts. One of, so not the best. Candace said it's the best podcast. Wow. Podcast. Wow. <laughs> Did you hear me? Podcast. Always, always making Amber look a little bit better than she actually is. That's what I do every day. What? Why? Why must... You know, this this is a thing that's happening in general. Why does everybody want to humble the black woman? You can't do it. I don't know. Speaking, Why? Speaking of humble, though, Jordan Peele is pretty humble. So there was a Twitter recently after Note came out. Someone said, Jordan Peele is the greatest horror director, film creator ever. And Jordan Peele responded to that 
uh, with I Will Not Hear John Carpenter Slander, which I thought was pretty fantastic. I love John Carpenter. You introduced me to John Carpenter with The Thing. The Thing. We Feeding did, the baby. <laughs> we did watch The Thing. I love John Carpenter. He is absolutely fantastic. There's so much more of John Carpenter that we need to watch, but he's not black, so we're not going to talk about him on this podcast. But he did influence many black directors like Jordan Peele. So we are discussing today Get Out, which is very simply um, about a black man going to see his white girlfriend's family for the first time. Uh, That's basically the plot of the movie. But it turns out that it's a body swap film. And basically within the last 15 minutes of the movie, we find out that this family has been taking... Um, white brains and putting them into black bodies because of the racist assumption that black bodies are more, you know, physically stronger and better, Uh, which, yeah, that's basically the movie. So spoiler, a warning. That was a big spoiler warning. I mean, when Get Out came out, it was truly like a cultural phenomenon. Like, do you remember? I think we saw two viewings of it maybe but I know that very first viewing was like everything you would expect out of like a really good black horror movie it was like the whole movie was like oh hey ha ha like it like this movie had this movie had everything yes 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 the comedy we love the comedy comedy can still make a horror movie without it being like a parody you know what I mean yeah oh absolutely you know what I found so interesting is that let's look at Jordan Peele's budgets for his three horror movies Get Out, which was four point five million, Us, which is twenty million, and then Nope, which was sixty-eight million. And it's a lot of people would probably argue that the more money he got, the not the worst his movies got, but potentially, yeah, sure, the worst his movies got. So I think a lot of people would say Get Out is Jordan Peele's best movie. I think it is. Yeah, and then and then Us, and then Nope, or Us and Nope. But it's so fascinating how his lowest budget film actually got the most uh, critical praise, the most interest. And when I was watching it, I realized like, yes, this is actually a low budget film. The film really takes place. A few shots are done outside of an airport in a TSA, you know, outfit. How much does it cost to buy a TSA outfit for a film? Can't be much. And then most of it takes place in an upstate New York um, vacation home, which, which, by the way, have you ever been to... In upstate home, upstate New York, you have. <laughs> I upstate. have indeed because you're from upstate, but we're not going to make this about you. Yeah, there. I, I really love that you wouldn't call this B movie, right? Because B movie means like really mm-hmm. low budget. But there were no. little to no creature effects with this movie, and it still like really worked out, right? Like if you think about, I mean, I guess all of the sunken place visuals and CGI probably cost a lot. I mean, but looking at even that, it looks like that's something like a TikToker could do. Yeah. Like as he was flying in the sunken place, I remember thinking like, oh, this is like for sure just like a little green screen. Like they didn't have to really even probably hoist him up very high to create this visual. No. Yeah. It was incredibly uh, low budget. When when you go back and watch it, you know, I probably the renting out of this house and just (laughs) it just doesn't need it didn't need a lot. Also, if you think about it, so this is Jordan Peele's, like, you know, first big break of a film, right? 
I mean, and I'm sure we, and this is our part, we didn't really do the research on this, but if we really think about it, when you're trying to get your first script read, you probably took a lot of edits, a lot of feedback, and you're making it better and and um, more nuanced, and you're looking for that. You're really casting with a, a really crucial eye in mind for like, who's that best fresh new talent? Because, um, I mean, this is kind of Daniel Kaluuya's first big breakout role too. This is kind of the first time we're seeing Lakeith Stanfield, the first time we're seeing Lil Rel. Like you took a really big risk with some of these actors who turned out to be phenomenal. But this movie really just shows the hustle it takes like to make that masterful first breakout film you know and then it becomes like the movie to beat so I can I I watch this movie and I I get excited because I'm like you know how many people probably said no to this script and how many times he went back to the drawing board to make it better and beefier and more cringy and more brutal and I I think that's why it's so great. And so once you you hit that first big thing, it's like, damn, it's hard to recreate this. Like, I think we've reviewed so many movies over the year that you were like, this was a movie that made them famous. And then like, it's the one hit wonder almost. And I'm not trying to say that Jordan Peele will never make a movie as good as Get Out again. But I just think after watching the three consecutively, like there's a clear standout for me. But you don't feel that way. Uh, I, I think I enjoyed Us. A little bit more, but I, I understand why Get Out Get Out has a larger appeal. But there is a sort of a saying in like book book world or author world is that you have as much time as you want to write your first novel, but then you you're put on a timeline for your sophomore. Yes, right, yes. and so you have and to you start producing, that. and so it becomes w- like way more. The pressure becomes like insane, absolutely insane um, to you know, write that sophomoric book. And so you can sort of see that where Get Out had, you know, I, I don't know how long Jordan Peele was working on this movie, but presumably longer than us or Nope, because now you're put on timelines. And also been like, I, you know, when this movie, when did the movie come out again? Uh, the movie came out, when did the movie come out? 2016. Do you remember like how big of a cultural phenomenon it was? Yeah. It became like if you said something stupid at work, you were in the sunken place and Yeah. Let me put this past you in my If you yeah, if you said something like not woke, you were like even the the rhetoric woke was pretty relatively new at this time. So the beginning song of like, so stay woke, like that, yeah. that became a thing. If you are a black man who dated a white girl, it became, uh oh, don't make it a get out situation. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like I definitely remember Cause we were dating at that time yeah. and people being like, you going to visit his family. It could be a get out, you know? <laughs> so it was such a, a, a rally around this film in the ways that like us wasn't, I mean us, I, I saw a couple of Halloween costumes off of us because that was a really easy thing to do. But I also saw people with a, a camera in their hands and a blue flannel shirt. And I was like, Oh, you're obviously Chris from get out, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I like it, Yes, us was great, but I think we really grossly underestimated like how much the culture needed and loved Get Out. Like I remember the first time I saw a trailer for Get Out, it gave me chills. Yeah. It was so good and I think 
when run, it comes to rabbit, things like, run. like yes, the soundtrack, like the soundtrack was the good. The strings are f- phenomenal. The way strings and the violin music is utilized. I really haven't even seen Allison Williams in much since that movie. I know there was like a kind of a scandal going on with her dad, but like I saw her in Girls. I saw her in Get Out, and I haven't seen her since. And oh, yeah. I, and not that I mean she was brilliant in the movie, but she was such a good villain that now maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm speculating, of course, but we can talk shit. It's our podcast. Like I'm maybe Hollywood kind of didn't know what to do with her after that because she was kind of like the innocent white girl. Then she plays this villain and they were like, well, we can't cast a white girl as a villain. <laughs> God, God forbid we cast a white woman as a villain. Yeah. So c- c- like, what has she been in? Maybe she decided to stop acting. You know, again, I'm speculating, but how many, how many white women are villains? It does ask an interesting question, like really strong, powerful, like white women as truly evil. I'm trying to run, run, uh, um, is definitely one where you have a, a mother being a villain. That was a great film, but yeah, I can't really think of. Yeah. Especially in else. a horror film. Like, yeah. uh, if, if there is a white woman in a horror film, she is like the leading scream queen. Everything is happening to her. So I think this was kind of like, for me, one of the first movies that I remember that if, if there is, let me say it like this, cause I want people to be like but there's like the hand that rocks the cradle and single white female and all of that. Like in a movie where there are also black characters, <laughs> like in a movie where there's not just white people, mm-hmm. a white woman is likely not going to be the villain. Hmm. You know? Yeah. That's, that's sort of interesting. So this was the first movie that I remember seeing that I was like, Oh my God. Like, cause even when she made that switch in the film, I think we all underest like there was a time where I know my first viewing of this, obviously, of course, even though it was very clear that her whole family was in on this, there was a time where I was like, oh, surely she doesn't surely. know this is happening. She stood She's, up in front of him with she, a cop, yes. that, that opening scene. Nobody fucks with my man. Yeah. yeah. Like... She, like she might have underestimated them, but surely she's not in with it. And then when she was like, you know, I can't give you the keys. I was like, oh, sis is acting like. Yeah, she's been acting this whole time. And even that gaslighting that's happening is is a form of, you know, we have the rhetoric for that now. But like that, that was truly like his whole weekend. It, like that was so that was just so reminiscent of the black experience when you're trying to explain to your white coworker or your white friend, like, did you see like what just happened? And they're like, what? I mean, I'm sure you just have a headache. I'm sure you just need some rest. Like I'll talk to him. It's not a big deal. Just like the downplaying, the constant. I think that was the beauty of this movie. Whereas like nothing, nothing really happened for me in us or Nope that I was like, I know exactly how that feels, mm. you know, because it was so, about the monster in the sky or whatever, but the monster in the sky and us was the white family. And, and I've had that white monster before. Yeah. Watching this a second time, you, that opening scene actually started to mean a little bit more because we find out later. So the scene, the opening scene, yes, sorry. The the first scene is you see someone get kidnapped in a suburb and it deals with the suburb as the new form of Gothic a creepy place, like using creepy. Can, you, and, can and, you break that down for me? What do you mean the new form of Gothic? What, uh, what's so, the old form of Gothic? So and, Gothic would be, you know, an abandoned castle in the middle of nowhere. Okay. But um, with like creaky hallways and dark and dim. But taking that aesthetic and putting it in a suburb, which is supposed to be one of the safest places. Yeah. Right? I love that. Um, okay. Sort of flips that trope. But that's the second scene is 
we see, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, driving with his girlfriend. What's her? I forgot her name. Rosie or Ro- Rose. Rose. Chris and Rose are driving. They hit a deer. And Chris is sort of triggered by that because we find out later that his mom uh, in a, was killed in a hit and run. Mm-hmm. And he tells this really heart, like wrenching story to Rose and cries in her lap. And I was like, Oh man, Rose is truly evil. like a psycho, you know, sociopath. Yeah, like because that's what they evil. do. They take the trauma that you share and, and then, somehow like use that against I, you. It's like, well, you're just acting like that possibly because of the trauma of your mother and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, something is happening, bitch. Yeah, and but he felt really safe with her. Yeah. Yes, and for her to listen to that and still be like, yeah, I'm gonna kill you. Like I'm gonna have your brain because what they do with the black brains, they just take the black brains and remove them but they keep a little bit part of the the black the black person's brain inside them and that little sliver of them basically stays in there because you need that part to can you know connect to the the nervous system which i thought that little extra detail i didn't really pick up on Mm -hmm. until the the second time but i think it really hit me how ridiculous rose was and one of my favorite parts of this film is the very wealthy upstate New Yorkers who have vacation homes who are democratic. And, you know, I grew up in this town called Rensselaerville in upstate New York. And, uh, Andy Rooney lived there. Uh, Andy Rooney was on 60 minutes. Um, very, he's a big entertainer. Yeah. Entertainer, but he is a Democrat, but very, very wealthy. Catherine Dykeman was a director. She, made a really well-known movie um, called Diggers in the early 2000s. She made another movie with Uma Thurman. Diggers had Paul Rudd. So she lived there, ran into her a couple times. But these were wealthy New York you know, millionaires who were Democrats, and they would look down at the Republicans mm-hmm. who were poorer than them, right? And, and so what this film does, it shows the intense you know, hypocrisy of really wealthy Democrats. Yeah. The white liberals, the that white think liberals, that allies that think the, that they're that, that are performative and yeah, and who would vote for Obama for the third time. And I remember like <laughs> watching this film and being like, "Oh, I know these people, right? Yeah. I know these people, and these are the kinds of people where um, wealthier, uh, where where sort of poor, poor white folks who vote Republican, they like, I hate this woke shit. And I think this mm-hmm. film sort of shows." wokeness especially in like white liberal white wealthy communities is play acting i think jordan peele again did just such a great job of just showing like one the nuance that like one the white people were the monster and two the white people that you trust are the monster Mm. like the the, the this idea that the the white liberal the white moderate as like MLK would say is like the most dangerous of them all because at least you know at least I basically know where I stand with Republicans and people that wear Confederate flags and all of these outskirts of people but it's the ally that in in many cases is doing way more harm because they're giving the illusion that they're on you know the right side of the issue and oh let's talk about uh sort of the language like the the brilliant sort of funny writing in here 
So there are lots of things that you will you will sort of catch and see um, watching it a second time. One of the things that they talk about is when Chris is first being introduced to this, you know, beautiful upstate New York home. He, uh, the father says, oh, that's the basement. Basement. We have black mold down there, right? Yeah. Uh, another thing is that when the mother offers to help Chris, you know, get rid of his smoking habit through um, hypnosis, mm-hmm. uh, the Rose says, you know, some people don't want strangers messing around in their heads, which is a reference to the body swapping. Oh, yes. Like having, yeah, you know, it's like cutting. literal. There, oh, there were just so many great Easter eggs, like in this movie. Do you remember when it talked about the, um, like when all the, the BuzzFeed articles came out about like all the things you missed and get oh, out, yeah. and then like them, them sitting next to each other with like the blue shirt and the red stripes, or like a play on the American flag, oh, yeah. and, and how he killed, um, the white doctor, the neuroscientist with like a buck. Cause oh, yeah. you know, black men were called bucks when they were on these slave auctions and things like that. I mean, he, he just really, the, the attention to detail is like, you, you can say that you enjoyed us more, but the attention to detail in this film was, and those, and those fun nods and those Easter, not fun, but like those Easter eggs and those nods at things like that did just did not happen as much in the other two films. Yeah, and, and it's supposed to be a little campy. Right. Where where you're first introduced to um the maid who has the grandma, part of the grandma's brain in there. Yeah. But the father says, Oh yeah, we keep a piece of her in here and then motions toward the maid, the black maid. Yeah. And because that the white grandma has her brain inside yeah. the black maid. Or um or he's like after they passed, I couldn't let them go. Yeah, I couldn't bear to let them go. And there's line after line after line that is uh it's so wonkers. Even the guy who wants who wants <laughs> so the wonkers. it's wonkers. It it just it works on so many levels where even the guy who is blind, uh he's uh if you ever seen the film Barry, he's Barry's handler, the T V the HBO yeah, series. But he does horror. So um or yeah, I mean he's he's I think he's just a good actor. Barry's yeah. not horror, it's more of like crime, suspense. mystery, Cr- suspense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh sorry. <laughs> Hands up, don't shoot. Yeah, but he's like, <laughs> I Chris, he's like, I didn't care about your body. I wanted you for your eyes. See, I'm not like those other white people are racist, but I'm like, like you're bitch, still you're killing still me. Kill. Well, gee, thanks. It's like when people are like, I stole from you, but I was honest. It's like, I'm still lacking. Yeah. <laughs> you, you still, you're still, sh- <laughs> there's this like funny TikTok going around now. It's like, I don't steal. I shoplift. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's meant to be funny, but I don't steal. I shoplift, but People don't understand also, you know, the comedian in me real like get out would not have been what it was without those comedians. Um, and also, uh, what is what the fuck is Maxine Shaw's name, y'all? Uh, from Living Single. I always just call her Maxine. Maxine um, she was in uh American Refugee. She was. God yeah. damn it. Erica Alexander. I mean asshole erica alexander was also a comedian here she was one of the detectives um at the police station and it she she made the movie too so good comedy and that like almost giving the audience those like breaks of like like a a little glass of water or a minute where they can just like breathe and have a good time really do well in horror movies like we talked about that and i think the movie master or something Mm -hmm. and i i think 
you know, we, we were introduced to Jordan Peele as a comedian. And so that was probably, you know, again, I'm, I'm still speculating. Please do not quote me. But in those initial scripts, some directors might have said, like, hey, Jordan Peele, like, this is really good. But people know you as a comedian. So could you put those splashes of comedy in that we know from Key and Peele that just have a little bit of, like, yes, yeah. I'm still Jordan Peele in there. Because it's, I'm saying we can't say that happened. Like, I know, that didn't but happen. it's, that it's probably, fun to. Dr- I mean, like yeah. when but when you, you are a comedian, people like a little splash of comedy from you. So, and I think that's why Get Out is better than the other two. Because yeah. like, what did us have in it that gave us this? I, I think they were was, trying to go forward with funny. Winston Duke, yeah. and even in Nope, I think they were trying to give us that with Kiki Palmer, but it just didn't land. Like Lil the, Rel, the comedy and Erica Alexander worked it just better in Get Out. Yes, yeah, it did. Like. This is me trying to convince you that Get Out is the best one. Oh, yeah. You're not... I, I understand why I enjoy Us because of the way it explored more, like, gothic kind of tropes, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to convince me that you don't, that Us was better than Get Out. I, I don't... That Get Out I, was that's better. That's not... That's, us wasn't better than Get Out, so I'm not trying to convince you of that. Right. Or or convince me that Get Out is better than Us. I don't care about Do having Do you think a good horror movie should have some comedy? That's the sure. conversation I'm well, trying to Well, have. actually, I think the better question is that the golden globes uh nominated this film for best comedy or musical what really yes and that became almost disrespectful in a way yes right but but yourself you think it's disrespectful but you're sort of celebrating this film for its comedy so is this a comedy or is this yeah you can do something like you you can make a serious body of work with a couple of jokes here and there. Yeah. It should not just be dismissed as a comedy. And well, also it's not, let me be clear. Comedy is an art form. It should be respected. It is respected. It is revered. So people saying like that was a huge disappointment that it was dismissed as that is not like, it's like, well, it, that, that just was, it was not that genre. Like, but I don't think it's a, a huge insult. Like, do you think it's insulting that it was nominated as a comedy? Yeah, because I think it's not taking some of the the dramatic themes as seriously as it should. I mean, this is a scary right. film. We watched right. it. We watched it with your mom, your mother, for the I first see time. What you're saying, and okay. it was scary, and it dealt with very real anxieties that Correct. white people have towards black people. Or that white people used to. It wasn't. It didn't necessarily deal with. And they completely with, missed that. Is what I think yeah, so. And it. it didn't really deal with white people anxieties towards black people, but white people, you know, um, obsession with black bodies and utilizing black bodies for their own gain, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that whole scene where Rose is walking Chris around and people are like filling his arms and they ask about his. His his penis, his penis and, his and sort of like yeah. you know dark. He's as black as in black is the new fashion. There's all it's these mic like this is, and that language that was used is something that still happens today. And when he walks up the stairs and all the conversation grows quiet in that scene, it's absolutely terrifying and creepy. And I think when you label this as a comedy or label this as a musical. <laughs> Right, like it's a complete what, what, now. Why was it labeled as a musical? Now that I think comedies and musicals were in Golden, the same. We're in the same. This category. is why people don't respect the Golden Globes. This <laughs> is why people don't <laughs> like the Golden Globes. They don't. What like when you're thinking about like awards show season? We love the Tonys, the Grammys, the Academy Awards, especially now with the Will Smith slap. Oh, OMG! But 
the Golden Globes has always been kind of like the redheaded stepchild, and now yeah. it's it's not helping itself or, with with this. Or or in, it even tapped into like serious anxieties that black men have about tears. Like we went to a wedding recently, and um, there was a, or I think men in general, but specifically black men. But there was a whole like conversation about oh, yeah. <laughs> about crying. Yeah, the, guy, the guy I walked with, um, and to be fair, he was you know he. He, I will say, he lives a different lifestyle um, of crime, <laughs> and like uh, riding around in the streets and getting it, if you will. So I asked him because he was the person walking with me, and I asked him. I was like, "Oh my god, this wedding is gonna be so beautiful. You can cry a little bit, you know." Me, I'm just to be fun, like a little bit. You think gonna cry a little bit? He was like, "Nah, nah, I ain't, I ain't cried since my daddy's funeral." I was like. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I was trying to make banter. I was like, well, yeah, that is that is different. Um, but I, but I think that's a real thing. That yeah, yeah, like, it is. And so, well, black, tears. Black men are not given the space to cry. like. There are so many. Obviously, we're not saying like black men you should cry more. There, there are a lot of systems in place where black men are not feeling comfortable enough to share their emotion and uh, are you know being demasculate whatever the rhetoric is emasculated or whatever um so so there i i don't want to just ever have people assume that like i'm just saying like black men should cry more like why don't they blah 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 there's there's several systems in place that have not made it safe for black men to show emotions and this movie counters that as as chris is sharing his trauma and at, with the passing of his mom and yes. you see him trying to hold that yes. tears tears Correct. are very Correct. very important but even black women there's that scene where um, chris confronts the maid about unplugging his phone and that very terrifying scene where the maids go no 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 and like a single tear falls down and it actually made me think i just looked this up but there was that meme going around of um and you know michael jordan crying yeah and it sort of played light to the fact that this meme removed from context it's funny but yeah. what was the context do you remember the context of michael jordan crying no i don't it was kobe Bryant's funeral that wasn't no that was right the, no that that they he nodded to that at kobe's funeral oh okay yeah he was like Y'all not go catch me crying again. Like, but that, uh, that first one wasn't that. I, I'm not sure what the first one was, though. I, I think, but nevertheless, the fact that. Yes, you're right. That a meme. Okay, yes, yes. So I sort of mixed that story up. But the meme yes, was made. Yes, that's black business. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I think it's just <laughs> telling. It is telling that even when a black man is caught crying, it becomes a joke. Yes. Right? And sort of. And, and again, it comes down to why would you label this as a comedy or musical? Yes. When this you're dealing with like a black man dealing with trauma, a black man dealing with, you know, like being, um, you know, gaslighted by yes. uh, this white family. It These are very, I think, serious themes that people are still dealing with even today. Like we were talking you know, the the groom did cry at the wedding. I saw some oh, of tears. Of course he did. But, He's a black man. He but, was dr- <laughs> but, pouring but, his but eyes out. We were, but that was the one space but where we it were was talking, okay for him to cry, honestly. Yeah, but we were talking before, and, you know, it was like me and, you know, uh, two of his, his, his the friends, yeah. uh, his groomsmen were like, oh, are you going to cry? And he's like, I'm not going to cry. You know what I mean? But even like that saying, oh, I'm not going to cry. It's a very real kind of thing 
that um you know and I want to say it's kind of a, a, a it, it's especially more intense for the black man but it is a, a man it's thing a man too. thing it's I was like, thinking about my grandfather my dad was like I never saw my grandfather yeah. his dad no I never saw him cry it's just not something you did um, or when they do cry, it's like my dad would like throw a t-shirt over his head or something. Like yeah, it. there's this intense embarrassment and that Jordan Peele was willing to go there. I think it's just so powerful, so beautiful. This is why gender sucks, right? Like the minute you're born, it's like you're pink, you're blue, you cry, you don't, you brunch, you can't like because crying is, I mean, and you know, I, I, I need to write crying as a special skill on my resume because I, I like to cry. I think not like to cry, but crying to me is like using the bathroom and being yeah. stopped up. It's like, let me just get this cleansing of emotion out um, and carry on with my week. And I know a lot of people don't think of it that way, but, but all forms of crying, right? Like tears of joy, sad tears. Like it is truly an emotional release for me. And, you know, I'm not a man sympathizer or whatever the fuck, but I think it's so sad that this like natural human emotion has been like labeled feminine because yeah. everybody needs it. Like, And people. What do you mean by man sympathizer? I haven't heard that. What is a man sympathizer? This is like I'm not advocating for men, men's rights and all, all of this. Why not? Crap. That That's a right that men should have. They yes, should that. Have but I, I don't like guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. You know what I mean, Ben? What? Like, uh, just like. Is that like a be, thing that people sort of like men, men are not. Yeah. People always like, what about men's rights? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I get, I get why you wouldn't say that, but there are certain rights that the patriarchy prevents men from having, even though they benefit from the patriarchy. Correct. I will, right? I will say that. Yes. And, and sort of, yes, of course, not being able to experience a certain range of human emotions, Correct. that being sadness and all the various forms of sadness, Yes, I think is damaging and harmful and that we should advocate for that right of men to cry. Yes. But you know, there is this culture now of like, you know, the pick me girls that like any video is made. I see. You're not, you're not there. I, no, but it's it like any video space, like like you'll see, it'll be a beautiful video of me hanging out with Wild, and somebody'll be like, "But what about single dads out there, or whatever?" You know, it's just like, shut up. Well, <sighs> yeah. Well, I think it's like, again, who are you trying to get chosen those... by? By with, with with saying that, like nobody's bashing any men right. right now, you know. But the women who are like, or anybody who's just running to say like, "But what about the male perspective?" But yeah. why are men silenced too? Men are victims of domestic violence too. Like it's always just like that person just sure. like constantly saying, which is not wrong. It's just kind of like that's that not what we're talking about. Point. It's the all lives matter rhetoric as well. It's like that's not what we are here discussing today, okay? I understand what you're saying. My my fear with some of that stuff is when you're when you're like, "No, I don't advocate for any men's rights." You're like, "Okay, like let's let's have a little bit of nuance here." Right. Like we should yeah. be advocating for men to be able to, you cry. know, cry or to be able to be single dads or, you know, there are things, there are elements, but I see what you're there saying. Are elements, but, you know, like in, because, the, in the battle of like domestic violence, like the, that takes a backseat. Yeah. I think because or it becomes like, well, what did she do to provoke him? It's like, shut up. I understand what you're saying. Yes. OK, I got it. But there's a phrase, men sympathizers. It. I guess like the pick me yeah. girls you're saying. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I just haven't heard that, that 
phrase before. Like, you're a man sympathizer. I'm like, well, yeah, you should be sympathetic yes. towards men. <laughs> but as in an identity. Even like, now I'm rolling my eyes at that. But you should. You should be sympathetic towards men who are not given the freedom to cry. Or you should be sympathetic towards men yeah, who are I... not given the freedom to wear a dress. Or you yes. should be sympathetic towards, you know, men but who not... are not allowed to wear lipstick. But you for know? me, it's not, even though that largely impacts men, for me, it's not a man thing it's more of like you said like a human being who is not who is shamed for sharing their emotions like that fucking is stupid like it's more of me being angry that there are binaries and that certain characteristics have been assigned to those binaries than being like oh poor men you know yeah but that is true i i definitely it, it saddens me that like my brother feels like he cannot cry um, yeah. or show the full range of his emotions. And, and it is only his anger that, it, that he's allowed to like show and be over the top with. Cause I remember I was, I've talked to him several times about, he's like, you know, you know, my brother and I are very, op- we love each other so much, but he's definitely the person that's like, you know, these females so emotional, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the old calls women's females vibe. Um, but he's a good person. Like, I'm not dragging my brother at all. But I, every time he says that, I'm kind of like, you're, you're calling women emotional, but, like, you know, you just got mad and punched a hole in the wall. Like, that's a form of anger and aggression as well. Like, that is an emotion as well. Um, or even remembering, like, Inside Out when – like it shows like who runs the mom's brain and who runs the dad's brain. Yeah. And in the dad's brain, it was mostly like anger that yep. was like the controller of everything mm-hmm. and um, how men are just not allowed to show that balance. But yes, in Get Out, I was like, damn, when's the last time I did see like a black man crying and being consoled? But also um, sh- and crying over trauma, not like an immediate. And fighting back the tears, intentionally fighting back the tears. Right. Like, I'm not going to cry, you know, like that's. Yes. I think that whole struggle and that tension. Um, I want to talk about this. The big science fiction element is that this is a body swap film. Yeah. Right. So it's like the watermelon man. Uh, we, body we, snatchers. Yes. Uh, it's like invasion of the body snatchers, Freaky which is Friday. Freaky Friday. But the watermelon man is a comedy. Freaky Friday is a comedy. Um, a lot of these body swap films are comedies. And mm. besides really the invasion of the body snatcher, invasion of the body snatchers, and sort of, I think there's a lot of references to the body snatchers inside here. Um, some scenes, I think, even reminiscent of the body snatchers, especially when they're inside the operation room in the basement. Mm-hmm. But I, I was sort of curious what you thought about the fact that no one wanted to switch into a body that was opposite of their gender like they didn't he didn't go there but i thought that would be interesting how this film would have been a little oh, bit different if get um, out too get out too <laughs> more where well I, I don't think you can make it get out because they spoiler alert they burned down the entire house and everything there but they actually could because i don't know when you were watching the f- when he wakes up and he's given this introductory film once he's drugged essentially drugged or hypnotized mm-hmm. they prepare him to get his you know brain removed chris's brain re- removed there's this little symbol on the tv 
and they're like, this is our secret order. And so the, apparently yeah. there's a secret order of very million, you know, wealthy white people, sort of like the secret order in Love, Lovecraft country. Yeah. Um, where they might be doing this. So maybe they could. But I was thinking... I would also like... Um, it, it, if, if there was a sequel made for Get Out, I would really sort of like it to follow potentially... Um, Lakeith Stanfield's character, Andre Hayworth, oh, yeah, don't really getting see out that. of this scenario because he had a moment where he was able to like, like Chris discovers He's that like, a flash of light out. gets yeah. them out of the trance. And so like, get out, we get out. see that he had the capacity. Well, I, I'll say this. The grandma and grandpa who um, were taken or whatever, the grandma and grandpa who's who became black bodies, the grandma was killed in a car crash with Chris and then the grandpa had a moment where he got out of that trance and then the grandpa turned the gun on himself and killed himself the, the black man because he was I guess he's realizing like my body will always be sort of a little bit possessed by this person I could always be put back into a trance with her teacup like let me just kill myself yeah but technically the teacup has been smashed um but their brain is removed their brain is removed so but, so they but, can't ever fully be themselves because there's only a tiny bit of their consciousness because they say that in the video he's like you only yes. keep a tiny part of your brain so so what happens to andre hayworth i mean like he forever lives with this white woman yeah well yeah and he sort of only sees it as a passenger almost like that there's a black mirror episode that deals with this where you put your consciousness oh, yeah. into um, I think it's called Black Museum. Yes, uh, I do you, remember that. You put your consciousness into someone else's consciousness in your head, and they sort of ride you, almost like uh, um, riding in the sense of like, VR. Um, you know, Ifra religion, um, sort of, you know, uh, traditional. It's, it's kind of like possession. Uh, yeah, a basic, yeah, but um, I think our understanding of Christian possession is sort of malicious and evil. Mm-hmm. Where in this case, and get out, it is evil, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I was like, because they are being evil, it, but not this. But in <laughs> in the Black Mirror, mm-hmm. it's ta- it's more of writing, not possession. And writing and possession are different. So if you are a an adherent to Ifra, or you know, um, you invite the deity to ride you, and it's done willingly, and it's not in an evil, possessive kind of way. Yes, it's more of a a you know, honor, honorable way. It's a, yeah, we read a book like that where it was, um, Nalo like, Hopkins. Yeah. Like, it's like, do I have uh, your permission this, to the do Sandman. that? I, I want to say it was Nisi Shaw. Uh, Nisi Shaw, Nisi like, Shaw also writes about it. Talk yep. like a man. Yeah. But I, I really think it is interesting. Like you said about like, nobody swapped gender yeah, or, or I, wanted to live their body as, cause I, I wonder how that would have changed where like, if a woman a blind woman wanted a woman who was blind wanted Chris's body for his eye. Yeah. Like how that interaction, yeah. like a, a blind white woman trying to get Chris's body to yeah. become a, but then you sort of get into anxieties. Oh, wait for it to stop ringing. Oh Yeah. My parents have a landline just God. <laughs> that I'm trying to get them to part. This is random. Maybe you'll keep this. Maybe you won't. But my parents have a landline that we're trying to get them to part with because it literally is only telemarketers. It serves like no real purpose. Right. Baby? Oh, well, the church prayer group in the morning. But they do that on their cell phones. Oh, yeah. Why do they have a landline? Because people maybe, don't like to let shit go. Maybe maybe anxieties around like <laughs> this elderly cell bitch phones. is elderly. <laughs> That's that is what I'm gonna start quoting. With my elderly, that's a that's, quote from the movie. Yeah, Lorel, like, doing geriatric shit, doing geriatric sex, sex shit. slaves and stuff. 
So when whenever my parents do stuff like, let's just keep our landline just because we can't part with it. This elderly bitch is elderly. That's how I feel about it. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny. You know, people are like, you call your mama, bitch. It's like, it's it's comedy. Yes. It's also ages. Oh, my God. Also, can I just, can you just pat me on the back real quick for getting Wiggles to go to sleep? Yeah, great. Great job, mom. Well, I think that being said, you know, this elderly bitch is elderly. (laughs) This elderly bitch is elderly. Uh, Sex slaves and good stuff. Anyway. Do you want a sex slave, Ben? You keep saying sex slaves in the mic. Got it. Lil Rel was. Has anyone asked you I'm if I'm your T-S sex slave? Yes, motherfucking A. It's a classic. Line. A lot of very quotable. Uh, t- if I'm God. Oh. Um, yeah, it, it did tap into that sort of theme of uh, when you date interracially, there's this idea of like sex slavery because. That's what America was built on, sex slavery yeah. and And people, slavery. you know, there are some kinks out there that people like, like, not us, not us, please, not us. But, you know, who was that? It wasn't Trick Daddy, but it was somebody who went on a podcast and was like, he was like a what, maybe Irv Gotti or something. He was like, you remember the, the black rapper or person nope. in the music industry who was like, I like sleeping with a white woman and having them like pretend like I'm a slave and stuff like that. And he said that with his mouth on a podcast. Look that up real quick so I don't sound crazy. uh, But this also gets into a whole other topic of like, you know, dominatrix dominatrix and degradation kinks. kinks We don't know shit. We ain't going down that road. We don't know. BDSM. It's like. Man, are we going to try some BDSM at some point? If you're still listening to us, you're getting some ropes. You know what? Actually, no. Never mind. What? Well, I don't because think I can do it's rope. really hard Not the ropes, to though. do. I can do some leather shit, but the ropes are just really racially charged. Yes, yeah. exactly. Some of this stuff is actually restrictive because of the historical context of the U.S. Look which up sort of Google. Not fucked even up our, BDSM kinks it, for interracial couples. <laughs> interracial couple gets that's uh, that will be my research so for next week's episode. Please look up which entertainment entertainer said that as a joke so i will not be misquoted all right like entertainer uh, i might i'm gonna cut this stuff out entertainer type it like who who had slave kink black man black rapper (laughs) nas i feel like it wasn't nas Okay, if you're still listening to this and you find out who it was, it was like somebody. This is why you shouldn't say things without. Mano. Mano. Rapper Mano reveals slavery bedroom kinks with white woman. <laughs> and then later he tried to be like, y'all know I was joking. Everybody was like, no, you weren't. But that's okay. Oh, goodness. Only, okay. As only clans trends on Twitter. Only. Okay, you know what? Let's keep going. All right. Whatever. We're getting out of here. Ben, with right. that being said, why don't you warp up the show, baby? In conclusion, Get Out is not a comedy musical, but there is comedy in it. <laughs> uh, sex slaves and geriatric shit. Um, elderly bitches doing elderly, elderly shit. Elderly bitches. T.S. motherfucking A. If you're Ooh, into BDSM place. and... It, and if you're into BDSM that won't land us both in the sunken place, we would love to try some entry level shit. Hit us up. Hit us up with all with book recommendations, everything. In conclusion, Get Out is a great film. Watch it. Thanks, Ben. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Sci Podcast. Up next for episode 98, we will be reading, or we already read, Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse. Um, the shit is so good. I just finished it last night, so I cannot wait to talk about it. Um, so pick up Black Sun. You will be able to read it so quickly. Get it on audiobook. Get it, on, get it at your local library. Read Black Sun, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.